Welcome to the Twimmel AI Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Charrington. All right, everyone, I am here on the line with Brian Gross, who is Vice President of Digital Innovation at Aero Mexico. Brian, welcome to This Week in Machine Learning and AI. Hey, thanks for inviting me to your podcast. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to, to chatting with you about what you're doing at Aero Mexico with AI. Why don't we get started by having you tell us a little bit about your background, how you got interested in artificial intelligence, and how you're using it at Aero Mexico? Yeah, so my background has always been in delivery channels, even before the internet. So back in banking, we had electronic banking. Then we did the studies for internet banking. So we're talking the late 90s here, giving away my age a little bit, <laughs> but at delivering services over, over the web, right? When okay. that was starting, then I was at AT&T back in the what, 2010, around then, doing okay. consumer cloud services. So we were developing more things like music storage and photo storage in the cloud. And those products, well, honestly, they, they didn't really take off, but it was a, an interesting exploration of, of the cloud, you know, right, right at the beginning there. And then about four years ago, through various contacts, I came to do a consulting study here at Aero Mexico in Mexico City. I am, so I am from the United States, but, but I've been down here in Mexico City for four years. And okay. it's a, it's a very interesting company. It was state owned for almost three decades. And. There was a lot of interest in modernizing the company on all fronts. So they had a bunch of new blood come in in 2013, 2014. And I came here and did an analysis of, of what needed to be done. So from there we did, they asked me to stay on and do a complete digital transformation. So we did new website, new app, new kiosk, and all, all of that was had an API underlying it. So all the business logic of the airline, like flights, prices, check-in, and stuff like that, became for the first time uniform across all these different delivery channels, whereas previously okay. they, were, they were separate black boxes. So this has had a huge impact, and, and you're, you're talking about an environment which is very far behind a place like the United States or Western Europe in terms of digitalization, you know, people purchasing their tickets online. So we went from about one quarter of, let's say, the, the, we call that the penetration rate. So how many people buy their tickets on our direct website went from about one quarter, what you would typically see in the U.S., to about now we're about one half okay. of, that, of that index. So we've made tremendous progress over those years. And then once that set of products was mature back in the beginning of 2017, my boss asked me to start an innovation area and said, look, you know, the definition is completely open. So we have a bunch of initiatives in parallel, but one of the ones that we started focusing on was messaging platforms. So Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, which is really big in, you know, most parts of the world outside the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, here in Mexico, WhatsApp is absolutely everything. You use it to talk to your friends, your family, professionals, whatever. You're constantly on, on WhatsApp, but Facebook Messenger is also there. And, and okay. these platforms were starting to open up for, you know, more famously chatbots, but I think more broadly and more importantly, delivering customer service and to some extent sales you know, over those channels. So we really started focusing on that. And that's the origin of the, the presentation, the story that I'm going to share. And you mentioned the presentation this week connected around a presentation that you're going to be doing at the AI Summit. I'm curious when you think about chatbots and using them for, for customer service, are there any companies that 
you think, who's your role model in this space? Who's doing it really, really well? Well, I think all of this is really, really new. I mean, Facebook only came out with the chatbot platform for Messenger back in April of 2016. So people are still exploring. There is no real best practice. If, if we look, we're lucky though, because in the airline world, there is KLM out there who's very innovative on many different things. And this is one of them. So they were the first ones to come out with an airline chatbot. So we kind of looked at what was going on with them. But if you look at like the vendor space, it's still a real mismatch. You have some of the big players like IBM with Watson and so forth. You have a lot now of the big digital agencies and consulting companies that will tell you you know, that they can deliver this, but there's no mature, robust model. I mean, we have ours and we're really happy with what we've developed, but we're working with a local startup here in Mexico City called Yalo Chat, okay. and they're just really brilliant. And so I think, you know, together we've developed kind of a, an ecosystem around messaging that includes AI that's really set to do amazing things in customer service. When you think about kind of this ecosystem and, and AI, what are the are there things that you're doing beyond the chatbot that you kind of put in the AI bucket or yeah. are, there, are there, to what extent are you, well, I guess I don't want to throw in too many questions at once. Why don't we start yeah, with, no. with, yeah. with the full breadth of what you're doing kind of under the AI banner? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good question. So talking about this ecosystem or platform around messaging, there's maybe half a dozen elements to that. And the chatbot is really only one because after all, you know, chat has existed for I don't know how long, you know, probably a decade or, or longer, right? On there's web chat. We we have on our site still we have this this web-based chat that is just it's just an interface for sending a message back and forth to an agent. So nothing AI about that in the least. Right. So it's just saying chatbot doesn't make it AI. But you, you mm -hmm. have the chatbot interface, you have the neural network, which is really where the AI comes into play. And this is trained, so we trained ours on four months' worth of chat and Twitter data, which allows the customer to ask any kind of question. You know, they can phrase it any way they want. And then the system is smart enough to pull out the intent from that question and then match it with one of hundreds of answers that pretty much is in a, you know, like a database type list. So that's another important element. Taking it back a step and, and looking at it at a higher level, what services are we providing on there? So when you go into our chatbot, or our messaging interface, I should say, it's actually going to guide you based on intent down one of three paths. So one is, yes, that you can ask that open question and the AI will pull back one of hundreds of answers and, and, and help you along your way, right? So, and we don't pretend that this is, you know, super future. I mean, this is, it is where it is right now. And that means that we can give you hundreds of, of good, but simple answers, right? Anything complicated is definitely right. going to go to a human agent. So then we have option number two, which is, human agent. So that will be if we can't answer your question from the neural network, or simply if you type in the word help, it will give you the human agent. And then the third one is if we detect that you want to do a certain task, we have predefined tasks like search for flight, track the status of the flight, you know, is it on time or whatever. We have mm -hmm. recommendations for hotels and sightseeing in our destinations. We have notifications, so you can get push notifications about the status of a flight. And we have a couple other things. So then you go down this kind of predefined path where you're not asking open questions. It's just very much pre-programmed. And that kind of chatbot interaction has also existed for some time. So we're in this mixed space. And then there's also a trick of, you know, making that work together, right? So if you're passing it off to the human, the human 
you know, takes the session quickly, attends to it, puts them back in the default mode, which will send them to the chatbot again. You know, those, those kind of paths are also important to sketch out and implement. Can you talk a little bit about what some of your goals as a business are in going down this path? Is it, you talked a little bit about for your website, kind of driving consumers to book tickets there. And as a bit of a travel geek, I know that there are, you know, one of the drivers for airlines in doing that. So is in doing those types of things is to reduce commissions that they pay out to third parties. Are there similar motivations here? Is it you know, based on quality of service, what are you hoping to achieve? Yeah, so that's really changed a lot. We, we have the luxury of having this innovation area that I head up and they give me a bit of latitude. So I don't have to go after hard and fast business goal with some of this emerging technology. So back okay. in 2016 in April, when Facebook came out, everybody was saying, oh, this is great for booking tickets, sell, sell, sell. So, you know, we had that live for a year and we were just seeing that no one was buying tickets. I mean, you know, it's, it's very, I don't want to say the number, but it's very low, the actual number of tickets. Yeah. But a lot of shopping, a lot of questions. But we really saw those questions take off. People loved it when we had FAQs. And then when we added the neural network, that was around, that was in the spring of this year. So when we added the neural network, you know, we saw that take off. So we saw that people wanted to use this channel for customer service and it made sense. Now, looking back with 2020 vision, you could say, oh yeah, yeah, you could have figured that out all along. But I mean, realistically, we weren't experts in this, you know, so so we saw that customer service is really the killer user, user case for this. And also people shopping for tickets. And it's perfectly fine with me if people want to shop for tickets on the chat and then we direct them to the website. We're also in a market where a lot of people want to be attended to personally. It's a very different culture from the United States. You have people that simply aren't, they don't have 10 years of history of using Amazon and eBay and all this stuff. It's, it's not in the culture. So if you want us to transfer, you know, if they want us to transfer them over to a human agent, I'm perfectly happy with that too. That's also a direct sale for us, no commissions, you know, et cetera. And that's what we're working on as well. So we want to extend this platform to our call center personnel who will start picking up the chat. We're adding a payment solution so that people can pay safely on their smartphones while they're chatting to the agent. The agent won't ever see their data or anything like that. So, so oh, wow. it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of different functions that work on the channel, but it is not actually booking a ticket right with the chat bot. It's almost everything but that. Okay. I think in, if I'm correct, the airlines have a, term for the number of people that are shopping versus actually buying tickets, I think it's the look book ratio. Yeah, correct. And so it's typically what you found in looking at the chatbot is pretty typical for other types of booking experiences as well, right? The number of tickets relative to the number of tire kickers, if you will, is, is pretty low. Is that right? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And, and that's what's happening on mobile anyway. So even when you have an awesome mobile website, that was actually the first thing that we did when we redid the website was we said it had to be responsive and the mobile experience has to be as good as the desktop experience. And even then, we're seeing around 10% of our direct digital sales coming from cell phones, Okay. even though the traffic is approaching 50%, right? And, and from what I oh, know wow. from the mm -hmm. U.S. market, that's also typical. Now, the stats that you can actually get out in public are mostly about hotels or they come from China. 
right? So you're starting to see like things like 30% of flight bookings in China supposedly are coming from mobile, you know, most of the hotel bookings. But but in North America, we're still in the tens. I'm kind of okay with that as long as we don't lose the customer. The problem is, you know, the customer that shops on the mobile and then doesn't come back to us when they come to the desktop. So that's why we do want to keep trying to capture that payment. You know, mobile website is another story, but here on the chatbot, that's why bringing in the human agents who can close the sale, and then there's a safe, secure payment method and convenient, you know, on your cell phone. So we can close that sale out and make sure we get that sale and not an online travel agency. Right. You mentioned that you're... And I forget the metric that you said, whether if it was usage or or kind of the experience increased significantly when you brought the neural network online. Can you elaborate on that? What what exactly was it about bringing on your own models that you train that, you know, fundamentally changed the way people use the the messaging experience? Yeah, when we first rolled out the chatbot in September 2016, we only had an FAQ section. So it was limited to certain topics. Uh Yeah, like luggage and where do you fly and things like that. So it was very static. And the chances that we would actually address the, the, the question that you had were, were relatively small. And now you can literally come into the chatbot and ask anything. And we'll give okay. you access to hundreds and hundreds, of, you know, basically any information we would provide over the web. And then some is available in the answers. Okay. One of the, I've talked to a number of companies that are either on the the provider side of chatbots or the the customer side, such as yourself. And, you know, there are a number of commercial chatbot platforms out there. Are you using one of those? It sounds like you're not, that you've got something that was developed from scratch from by this startup or? Yeah, I think that the market is is still developing in that sense. So if you're, if you're looking at the needs of a large corporate customer, like an airline, I have not seen anybody out there that has a complete solution that has all of these elements. So again, that's the chatbot, the AI, neural network, the human agents, the front end for the human agents, the back end integration into your Salesforce or your other CRM. So all of these elements together, nobody actually delivers that in a package right now that I am aware of. Now, someone can contact me and correct me, but, but we've done a lot of market research into this. And there's hundreds of chatbot providers that can provide you a chatbot. And when we right. started looking into even some of the best of these, so some of the real big names that uh, I don't think I should name on a podcast, but some of these names that have been around for many years are still literally selling you just the interface for someone to chat to a human agent, right? And I just think, mm. I think that's, I just would never start a project like that in 2017. Right. Because, you know, where's your plan to have all those other elements I'm talking about? It's all fine and dandy to have human agents. You need that, but you need all those other elements in there. So a couple of those big names, both global and regional, either provided that, or there was another one regional here in Latin America that had table-driven questions and answers. So instead of AI and a neural network, you would actually type in the questions and answers yourself. And then they would help you out by adding some grammatical variations and verb conjugations and stuff like that. But okay. basically it was table driven. So you're also talking about an old technology. And then you get, you know, other people coming to visit you and they've got elements, right? They've got AI platforms, but they don't have all the other elements and integrations built out and they'll gladly charge you hundreds of thousands of dollars 
to do that. So <laughs> I think it's a huge opportunity, particularly for a startup. I think for this one in, here in Mexico, Yalo Chat, but also, you know, other ones around the world to come with a full package. You know, if you come to someone like me in a corporate, they don't necessarily know that they need this all. We've discovered this and built this over a year. So I think this is something you mm -hmm. can take, kind of copy paste that whole modular concept and start selling it out to corporates. And I, I'm sure we'll start seeing that in the next year or two, you know, just like you have companies that do that for e-commerce for you, you'll have that for messaging. Right. Right. Do you know if they're using any off the shelf pieces on the AI side of things? Yeah. So no, we actually built the neural network custom because the idea was, well, and we, we built it with a company out of LA called IV.ai. want to give them credit okay. because that worked out also very well for us. The reason that a tailored approach was chosen was in particular the type of content, right? So this is not only Spanish. It's not only the variety of Spanish that's spoken in Mexico. It's the way that people express themselves when they're asking questions relating to our services, and that varies. That's so different from even other verticals within Mexico that you have to have historical data. So this was this was done mm -hmm. on a custom basis. And did you evaluate platforms like API.ai and others and found that they couldn't handle those particular issues for you? Not me personally, no. So I depend on, on Yalo Chat for, for that. And this is what they told me. You know, this was a bit what they told me about their internal decision making. But we relied on them for that choice. Got it. Mm -hmm. All right, great. And then where do you see AI going at Aeromexico? It's actually the main focus of our innovation area. So I should mention the innovation area I'm in is within the, the commercial and customer service area. So not really in the operations. I'm not looking so much at, at how people, I don't know, you know, pass through security gates or things like that. Mm -hmm. I'm looking a lot at distribution and customer service solutions. And AI has the ability to help us automate, but optimize more than anything, a lot of different areas. So one completely different application would be in our marketing area, right? We have the ability now, we have all the tools in place to send people an absolutely individual email, you know, for millions and millions of people get, getting a different email. But there's actually, you know, a lot of people will say they have this, but no one can actually help you construct that email. Okay, we have all this, mm -hmm. all this data about you in our CRM. We know all your personal data. We can segment you. We can guess at your income. We know your ge geographical location. We know what you've bought from us before or haven't bought from us. Right. And we also have stuff, product that we need to push, right? We have routes where there's a lot of seats available. So how do you combine all that into millions of different emails? So, so no, no one has a way to do that. So really, now that's not necessarily AI to compose the email that, but you need some powerful machines to do that. But then you execute the campaign, you analyze it, and then you go ahead and you do better the next time around. Now that is machine learning, right? And I think only machine mm -hmm. learning can bring us to that scale. So imagine the power of email marketing where the response rate is, you know, four or five times, or maybe even 10 times what you had before in, in these generic things. And it's not just email. We also have the ability to do, you know, a different website for each individual with a tool called Optimizely. We have our digital marketing where we put out our, our ads. Now those are already highly tailored because the, the ad vendors provide a lot of tools to segment and target markets and even individuals. But, you know, having the, the CRM data directly feed into what we request from those advertisers makes it 
still much more powerful. So that's another area, but, but we can go on, you know, basically harnessing all this vast data, big data, which is, you know, such a buzzword, right? But, but how do you actually, mm-hmm. how do you actually do that? So that's another area of, of focus. Do you see this happening via a portfolio of essentially independent projects or do you see the evolution of a platform that provides some core sets of AI services that, you know, these different teams can use to build AI into the things that they do, like the email marketing, customer service, et cetera? That's a really thought-provoking question because I'll tell you the the one company that has made their presence known in a big way is Google, right? They have this uh-huh. big data platform and data crunching where you can you know pay as you go. It's a very attractive option that everybody immediately got excited about. And I'm sure there's actually competitors out there that have similar products. Honestly, we haven't looked into that, into into the competitors in a lot of depth. So definitely a platform will be there, but what's definitely missing is the strategic direction, right? A company like, you know, we don't want to pay millions to some, you know, major consulting company to, to give us direction. That doesn't make sense. I mean, there should be, I think we're going to coalesce around common sense directions that the big companies have to go in when it comes to an AI strategy, but I don't think we're there yet. Not at all. I, I haven't, mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. So I think for the moment we're still in the, in the phase of investigating in a very individual way, the problems that we want to solve so that that's not knowledge that is, is prepackaged or readily accessible. And I think that's why we'll, we'll see a lot of individual, individual projects, even though we might all be, yeah, on the same sort of big data platform as a tool. Mm-hmm. Those types of platforms can be, you know, vendor delivered or can be an internal platform that's developed, you know, at Aeromexico kind of for its own specific use cases. It sounds like you're still at the stage where you're identifying use cases to experiment with and use them as learning opportunities. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, that sounds about accurate. Yeah. Also keep in mind that we're about one-tenth the size of large U.S. airlines, right? And in digital, we're about 50% of the penetration that they have in terms of online sales. Mm -hmm. So, you know, our budgets and our staffs are commensurately, you know, smaller. So, you know, normally we would be looking for solutions to kind of, you know, thought to coalesce in the U.S., start to be implemented, and then that stuff comes trickling down to Mexico. But the fact that we are pushing ahead on these individual products starts to give us a vision of, you know, maybe we're ahead of the game, certainly in Mexico, as to where that vision is going to go around platform and strategy for AI as a, mm-hmm. yeah, as a layer that goes across the business. That's a really good point. Yeah. And I think that's characteristic of companies, many, many companies in the U.S. as well. You mentioned an AI strategy. Is that something that, do you have a, an articulated AI strategy at this time at Aeromexico? No, I think you're catching us in the phase where we're starting to look at where can we apply this across the different things. So I I gave you a marketing example, but we're right in the middle of starting to sketch, you know, looking at customer service, customer experience, which is, you know, your whole end to end travel experience, marketing. What else do we have here? You know, so basically everything in the commercial sales, of course, Mm -hmm. how we deal with our 
our agency customers, how right. we deal with our online travel agencies, how we deal with distribution in general, meta search and stuff like that. So there's opportunities there, I think, to optimize processes and do new things with AI. And, and we're starting to look at all those and make an inventory and see where we can get the most bang for the buck in our next few projects. Awesome. Awesome. And I imagine this feels, you know, a little bit like, you know, when, when folks are starting to grapple with mobile and trying to figure out how that all is going to impact things and, you know, what's the right place to start and what are the right tools and technologies. Are there any lessons that you kind of bring from, you know, previous waves of innovation to the way you're tackling AI? I think that's a really good analogy. I haven't thought of that. Remembering back a few years, I was very frustrated that you would read, even sometimes in very reputable mainline publications, stuff that just confused all the different aspects of mobile, right? Because there's, <laughs> right? Like what's mobile? So mobile payments, like does that mean when you're buying something on a mobile website or does it mean, you know, when you're tapping your phone? someplace, right? And you mm-hmm. get all these people that would mix that all up together and misuse that, in fact, to, to sell services and consulting. So I think right. this is the same thing. You've got to have an expert within the organization. In this case, that's me who's, you know, filtering through all the noise and saying, okay, what is it that, what is it that this really does? So, mm-hmm. right. So we've determined that this is really about optimizing. Well, in the case of things like marketing, it's about optimizing outputs, optimizing execution of, of processes as well as some other things, but knowing those things very clearly and what you're trying to achieve with that and not just taking a technology and trying to find a solution. Right. What do you call it? A solution in search of a problem? Right. Exactly. In some, yeah. In some sense we did that. Like when chatbots first came out, we just got on board and started playing around, you know, for a few tens of thousands of dollars, basically we were able to experiment and that's valuable experience. And everybody should try and have that innovation area that's able to do that because that helps you sort sort out like what's really going on right what is this really for but -hmm. in parallel yeah building up a strategy where you're like okay what do i want to achieve with this right awesome well brian i really appreciate you taking the time is there anything else that you'd like to leave the audience with no, I think you you hit upon a lot of the main points. It's really good. I just think this is an exciting time to be in AI. There's a lot of discovery going on. You know, we're in the process of, you know, these solutions like coalescing into a kind of a common sense across companies like this is what we need to do, right? These are all the elements that go into a, a messaging, a chat and AI platforms. Mm-hmm. So it's it's great to be part of that. And you know, I think the audience at the conferences are all going to be having different roles in that. And I'm also looking forward to learning from all the other presentations at the conference and all the other applications of AI and business that, that we can hopefully apply some of those here at the airline. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, thanks, Brian. It was great chatting with you. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Sam. All right, everyone. That's our show for today. Thanks so much for listening and for your continued feedback and support. For more information on Brian or any of the topics covered in this episode, head on over to twimlai.com slash talk slash 79. To follow along with the AI Summit series, visit twimlai.com slash AI Summit. Of course, you are encouraged to send along your feedback or questions to us, either by leaving a note right on the show notes page or via Twitter, at Twimmel AI or at Sam Charrington. 
Thanks again to IBM Power for their sponsorship of this series. For more information about the IBM Power Systems platform for enterprise AI, visit twimlai.com slash IBM Power. Thanks once again for listening and catch you next time.